0: on this episode of crashing the net we'll take a look at hockey in eastern idaho george sits down with general manager of the idaho falls bud kings eric hudson special features reporter mike walker joins us for a discussion about the state of hockey in the region join your host george mena and i'm andrea todd this is Crashing the Net. Eric Hudson relocated to Idaho Falls to be the general manager of the junior hockey team. Eric was gracious enough to sit down with George. George, where did that conversation take you?
1: Andrea, Eric and I sat at the Mountain America Center overlooking the eyes and talked a little bit about what it means to be the general manager of the Idaho Falls Spud Kings. So it's November of 2022. After the season had already started, now you play your first home game. Did you anticipate that the Spud Kings would have such an immediate acceptance and following?
2: You know, we we knew it was going to be a, um, a solid fan base uh, based off the market size and you know the the um, the attraction of this facility, but also. With something to you know to add to the community, like a hockey team, and something to rally behind, uh, but we had no idea that the following would ever be this large and this faithful, and and you know it's shown in our ticket sales, but it's also shown in our attendance numbers and, and throughout the community with with community engagements and community involvement. So we're we're excited, uh, we're excited about the future, and and I think that I think that as long as we keep uh, keep plugging away, we're going to continue to have success both on and off the ice. Um, in the community of Idaho Falls.
1: This Putt King's ticket is one of the hardest tickets to get in Idaho Falls. It is. Not only for those who live here, but the following has become regional.
2: Yes, yes, it has. Very much so. And, and, you know, hockey in the I-15 corridor is not something that is an anomaly. You know, the Salt Lake City has the Utah Grizzlies, Um, you know, uh, if you go north on I fifteen, you get up to Calgary. You see the uh, Calgary Flames, and four hours west of us is is the Steelheads. And so there's always been that um, been that presence, and there was just a little bit of a gap between the Boise market and the Salt Lake market. And so putting a team in Idaho Falls who play against uh, other regional teams just allows for the you know the competition to be stiff and the rivals rivalries to be uh, to be strong.
1: Eric, you have been around hockey for quite a while. Have you seen or do you know of any other junior hockey program with facilities such as the one that we are looking at right now from where we are recording this interview?
2: You know, I've seen, I've been all around the world in hockey. I've been, <clears throat> I lived in Canada for most of my, my young adult life and, and I've been you know over overseas to Romania and Turkey and all for hockey purposes. And I grew up in Spokane, which of course has the 12,000 seat Spokane Arena, which is a gorgeous venue. Um, but I've never seen a, uh, an arena that was a perfect fit for the community of fans that we have here. Any bigger, I think that um, I think that the atmosphere would be affected by it. Any smaller, I think that you know it would have it would have impacted the overall um, you know overall uh, advantage that we have uh, over our opponents. And um, and for the amount of people that want to attend our games, this venue was built. Um, it was almost custom built for the size. Uh, of people that we have in here at each game.
1: Would you not agree that a Spud King's game is much more than just a hockey game? Some would say that is an experience.
2: Yeah, and kudos to the owner of the building and you know Idaho Falls Auditorium District for building this with such care and um, you know the, the amenities of this facility, the video boards, the ribbon boards, the the audio visual systems throughout the facility, you know the restaurants in the, within the concourse. Uh, The in-game entertainment with Hunter and and the Spud King staff doing an amazing job is a really, really unique situation. But the the really thing that I like the most is that the community uses this as a pole vault for, you know, for to help others throughout. You know, the nonprofit groups um, operate our concession stands. And so the commissions they generate from food sales help with their nonprofit organizations. Um, we obviously have the Tater Toss, which is a wonderful experience. It's fun for the fans, but it also allows for nonprofits to raise money that way. And and really from the top down, this building not only is an experience and a, and a, and a show on ice, but it's um, it's a give back to the community in a way where um, it really resonates with a lot of folks.
1: Where do you see the future of the Spud Kings? Is it going to go to a higher level over the next few years? Do you think the market has justified that it's worthy of something beyond junior hockey, perhaps?
2: Well, there's always a, a time and a place for a hockey team to fit in a, in a community. And, you know, junior hockey is a perfect model for uh, for for Idaho Falls because, number one, our our players are 16 to 20 years old, and their their primary achievement is to get to the NCAA level of hockey. And you know they're not living in apartments, and they're not they're not um, buying houses here. They're living with host families, and so a that allows our players to integrate well in the community. And then two, what what we want to achieve here is just to create an atmosphere for everybody to come, and uh, uh, that's affordable. Um, they'll keep coming back, and you know junior hockey is just a perfect fit for that type of model, um, in Idaho Falls. And I don't think, I don't see that changing in the near future.
1: After the first uh, year of the Spud Kings, was it four or five of your players that went on to college?
2: Yeah, we had five commitments. Um, we had one commitment, uh, NCAA division one, uh, Landon Wright. Uh, he committed to the university of Maine. We had a handful of guys commit NCAA division three, and then we had a handful of guys commit ACHA division one. Um, Obviously, we were at a lower level last year by one, you know, one tier. Um, this year, we're hoping to amplify those commitments even further. Uh, it, it's a it's a real, real um, special moment when you have a player commit to a to an educational institute and play play a sport as an athlete um, while they attend college, so something that we like to hang our hats on and something that we like to provide to our guys.
1: As the general manager of a junior hockey team, what are the challenges? What what is the greatest challenge that you face from that perspective?
2: Oh, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, every day there's a unique challenge from travel issues with weather or. You know, recruiting players at the beginning of the year, and and obviously in our first year, it was tough because we started the first three months of the season playing road games. Uh, Our facility wasn't finished, and so that was a unique challenge in itself. Um, Having our players live in Salt Lake area instead of living in their home base of Idaho Falls until you know October was was a challenge. Um, And you know, young personalities can can also be. a unique, I wouldn't say challenge, but a unique learning experience for people like me, and and just learning how to um, how to communicate with um, different different personalities, and and uh, and learning what's important to these younger, you know, men. As I get older, I lose. I, I try not to lose touch with what's important to young men. Um, so each and every year we get a different group of people in here, and it's very important for me to you know learn and what motivates them and and what their goals are.
1: What would you say is the Spud King's greatest success?
2: You know the body of work as a whole. I think um, we started the year 0 and 15 last year, and I think the year first year and a half of operation from the you know, success we had last year in the playoffs, uh, sweeping our first ever playoff series, to the product that we have on the ice this year, um, in our first ever Tier Two season. It's been a great ride for the first year and a half, especially being able to do it in front of 4,000 fans a night. Uh, and the other thing that a lot of people don't see is just our community partnerships. You know, we have uh, volunteering with the Salvation Army or reading to children in libraries, um, you know, skating with the Spud Kings, uh, things like that. It's just a, a, a body of work as a whole is is important. and And I think it's been, I've been honored to be a part of it and I'm thankful for the position that I'm in.
1: Do you think that the fans realize that the Spud Kings is a team composed of young men? Sometimes they get so excited about the game and the outcomes that uh, my perception is at times they fail to realize it's a developmental league.
2: You know, um, as with all markets that have passionate fan bases, you know, it, it it's they, the the support is wonderful to have, and it is important to realize for our fans that these are sixteen to twenty year old young men some still in high school and and they are the future of hockey um, this, this is the next crop of talented players moving on to the next level but it is important to also realize that they you know they are their kids you know young men their kids um, and they just need our support in a positive way and and by all means we encourage our fans to come out and cheer loudly for the spud Kings and and just realize that, these boys ha- are, are are growing up, and that's one of our primary goals as an organization: is to develop young men, not just hockey players, you know, um, with good morals.
1: What would you say to the fans or to the community at large about uh, the Spud Kings, their future, and uh, their achievements? If you could, if there was a message in particular you wanted wanted to share with them, what would it be?
2: You know, I think the immediate future for our team is really, really bright. Um, I think that because of the fans, we have a we have a leg up on a lot of other teams that we play in against our league, and and you know we're we're in we're in infancy stages in our franchise journey, and we're dealing with infancy style trials and tribulations at the minute. Um, but as we continue to grow as an organization and as a franchise, um, our ceiling uh, isn't is you know our potential and our ceiling is so great that the best is yet to come.
1: Eric, thank you so much for taking time and talking to our listeners.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to uh, see everybody on Saturday night.
1: We just heard from Spud King's general manager, Eric Hudson. About the impact that the Spud Kings have had on hockey in our region. But there is another team that is also having a great impact on hockey, and that is the ISU Bengals. Sean Gardner, a frequent guest on our podcast, is with us. Sean, what Do you see is happening with hockey in our region? It uh, obviously appears as if it's become the number one sport to go to in the winter here.
3: Yes, for sure. Um, With hockey, and a lot of this goes back to the Spud Kings, uh, bringing hockey more into the light with people in eastern Idaho. A lot of people have never seen a live hockey game, and so now people are starting to look for more hockey. With our ISU games, we're a brand new team this year. We're building a fan base, but we're getting more and more attendance at every game. And it's really exciting to see, after having been involved with hockey in Idaho Falls for a lot of years through youth organizations, uh, it's nice to see hockey growing and becoming more more mainstream. And the thing that people want to go do in the wintertime, because, you know, there's nothing better to watch than a live hockey game.
1: I agree with you on that. And last night, the crowd was very, very supportive. In fact, towards the end of the game, there were a few calls that were less than to the liking of the fans, and I should say the bench. <laughs> and uh, the crowd really played a part. They, they really were there to support ISU hockey, and uh, that means that they're a committed fan base. That will only help ice hockey grow in our region uh, as a whole.
3: Yeah, for sure. And the crowd was great last night. The crowd was very loud. Crowd, crowd was vocal. Um, and what we had was a couple non calls with bad hits last night. And yeah, the fans. It was. It was. It was pretty interesting listening to them. How loud it got. And now you
1: have a couple of games that are are being rescheduled, as I understand it. Montana Tech will be coming into town at some point. Is that still the case?
3: Uh, We're still working on the Montana Tech games. Our next games at home will be the University of Idaho games. Moscow, uh, you know, U of I is coming down from Moscow. That should be a really good game.
1: Do you have dates for those games yet, or are they still being worked out?
3: No, we've got it. We will actually play on February 16th at the Marmoletto Arena, and March 17th at the Mountain America Center.
1: Excellent. Well, definitely an impact on the hockey scene here in East Idaho, and it will only get better next year as you'll have a full season, your second season, and you'll be part of the Western Conference of the league that you are playing in right now.
3: That's going to be a big improvement for next year, uh, being in the Mountain West. Gonna be more opponents coming in, and the Mountain West is a tough conference, a very competitive conference, and it should be really great hockey. Coach Sean Gardner of the ISU Bengals.
1: Thank you, Coach. Much appreciated.
3: Thank you, George. I appreciate it.
0: Special features contributor Mike Walker joins us for a conversation on the state of hockey in our region. Welcome, Mike.
4: So we're just recording a a brief feature. We're talking about the state of hockey in Idaho at present. And specifically, we're talking about Eastern Idaho. Uh, I'm not talking today about the winter classic that Andrea and I attended uh, on January 1st, which we should do a feature at some point about that. Uh, It was historic. And, And also, it would be good because while Andrea and I are both Golden Knights and Kraken fan. Um, I am more of a Kraken fan and Andrea is a more of a golden Knights fan. So that feature is something that you should look forward to as well. We'll talk about that experience. Uh, sometime very soon.
0: I'm still not over the hurt. Yeah.
4: It, it, we probably need to wait a little bit, but in the same vein, in the same vein, the Kraken have been really hot. They've lost a couple recently, but they had, they had 11 points in a row, nine, nine win streak. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to make the playoffs again this year. Now, of course, the Golden Knights will, and the Golden Knights will do great things, and they're such a great team, and I'm not going to throw shade ever on my number two team, but it was fun to see the shutout. Anyway, nevertheless, we're talking about Idaho hockey today. I really enjoyed the interview with Eric Hudson that, that George did recently, and uh, he said some things about one of the questions that I really wanted to address in this brief feature one of the things that Eric talked about and that George asked him was regarding the state of hockey in Idaho, as far as if a higher level team besides NCDC or junior hockey could come and be sustained in Idaho falls. And one of the things that was mentioned was Eric said that this arena is perfectly suited to this region. And, and I actually agree with him. Um, I think if you would have asked me last season or even earlier in this season, I would have said, no, they, they underguessed 4,100 seats a night. You know, the tickets sell out, they're, they're sold out. Even onesie twosies like seats are just sold out for Spud Kings games. So uh, there was a point where I would say, yeah, you could have built a bigger arena, but at the same time, this is junior hockey. Eric made some good points about, you know, like this this, the setting and so forth. It's pretty big. I mean, very few places he even said that are in junior hockey have the kind of arena that we have. I split time between Jackson hole and Idaho falls. And, and I was at the arena where the Jackson hole moose play and it's much smaller, obviously. And it's, and it's a different level of hockey, minor league hockey. They don't have the capacity. Probably the population is, is, is a 10th of ours anyway. But, uh, but they have, but they have like hockey support. Like there's rinks all over the place and Idaho Falls, it's a hockey town. I think I think Eric's statements about, you know, kind of being surprised that this was as supported as it is, is probably true. But this is a hockey town. This is Idaho Falls is a place where hockey would do well. I still stand by my earlier feature where I believe that Idaho Falls could sustain... A minor league team here that's that's a pretty high level. Even if 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 the NHL comes, I'm standing by this statement. If the NHL comes to Salt Lake City, I should say when because I really believe it will because they're gonna. They're I mean they're getting professional baseball temporarily and then eventually they'll have an expansion team. They're the the Oakland Athletics are going to play briefly in Salt Lake when they're waiting for their new stadium to be built in Las Vegas, when they move to Vegas. And in that time, it's going to show that there's baseball there, but there's also going to prove that hockey can be sustained in that town. And so long story short, I know I'm rambling here, but long story short, if the NHL comes to Salt Lake City, the Utah Grizzlies could either stay in West Valley City or they could move. And this town is poised to bring them and support them we have as many fans as many minor league teams have in fact we probably could generate even more revenue and more excitement and be a part of the national scene i mean after all there was a figure skating hockey player movie (laughs) that came out this season through like one of the quasi hallmarks set in idaho falls right so we know that, that we're on the national radar as a hockey town, as an ice town, as a winter town. We've been on the national radar as a winter town for year, decades. And so while I think, yes, the arena is situated nicely for the Spud Kings and for NCDC and for you know junior hockey, and it's a great secondary spot for Idaho State University to have their club team. Uh, and to fulfill other types of activities and sports and and indoor activities, I do think that even as it's situated right now, the Coyotes play <laughs> the Coyotes play in the NHL right now in an arena with the same number of seats, just about. And um, and I know that's temporary, but it's, it's still true. So, not to ramble too much, but I think that. The state of hockey in Idaho could change and it and it just would require the right kind of financial investment, the right kind of participation from Idaho National Lab, from Melaleuca, from Elevation, from a lot of other types of corporations and organizations. And it's regional support. You'd get support from Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Northern Utah, and you know, of course, eastern Idaho and the region. So, But Eastern Idaho by itself and Idaho Falls as the place could do more. Now let's talk about another thing. The Spud Kings, just after that interview that George did, they announced a new head coach for the Spud Kings, John Buchanik. He's got quite the resume. Uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's great. I think it'll be good for Spud Kings. Andrea, what are your thoughts?
0: I think anytime time our management of the Idaho Falls Kings is looking toward the future and looking to progress, it is a good thing. This was an episode packed with conversation. Thank you for joining us. Please leave a review. It helps us reach new listeners. We hope to see you next time. For George Mena, I'm Andrea Todd, and this is Crashing the Net.
1: On the Idaho Hockey Network.